The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balance Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. Today's episode is a very special one. We have my dear friend, Kira Jackson, on the show. She is an investor, and she is a powerhouse of knowledge when it comes to everything from angel investing to private equity to influencer marketing and strategy. She used to be in PR, and I knew her in her former life as a publicist. We talk about that in the podcast, how we first met when I was a brand new blogger and she was a young publicist, maybe even an intern. And we were working with Suja Juice and it's been so cool to see everything come full circle. So I, like many of you, most likely, if you're here listening, I discovered Kira in a whole new way on TikTok when she started sharing all about investing and all of her tips for everything having to do with private equity, venture capital, angel investing, marketing, working with celebrities in the investment world, and so much more. And we talk about this in the episode, but I was like, Kira, I knew that you were a smart person. I knew that you were intelligent and that you had so much knowledge and so much to say. But until I started watching these TikToks, I am ashamed to admit that I had no idea about the level of eloquence and knowledge and just sheer intelligence that Kira had. I mean, she's someone who I would trust to do anything, who I would hire to look into investing for me or run a company. Like she's everything. And you're going to be so impressed with everything that we discuss in this episode. So if you are new to the topic of angel investing, working with brands, just investing in general, then this is for you because I know that I ask some of the most basic questions in existence. We also talk about my investment history and kind of why I've been interested in this topic. We talk about her investments and we also talk about her pregnancy, which is really exciting. We talk about pivoting careers and we talk about books because we are both huge readers And I have been obsessed with a lot of the book recommendations that Kira has put on her Instagram. And if you've been reading my book recommendation blog posts, some of those recs came straight from Kira herself. So we have similar tastes. She's amazing beyond being so intelligent. She is beautiful. She is such a wealth of knowledge on beauty and fashion. She's not a triple threat a quadruple, whatever more than that threat would be. She's amazing. And I know that you guys are going to love this conversation. And finally, before we get into the episode, I wanted to ask you guys something. 
it would be amazing if you could share this episode with your friends, share it on your stories. This is such an empowering conversation and more people need to be talking about investing in an inclusive way that is open to people who are just learning about investing that are just not gatekeeping the space. So this would be an episode to share far and wide. Let's show Kira how TBB community comes in hot and I will repost you, tag myself, tag Kira, tag TBB podcast, and we will feature you. This is definitely one that I feel needs to be talked about and shared and just support it far and wide because she's amazing. And with that, let's get into this conversation. I was listening to you this morning on the Skinny Confidential, which I told you I listened to also when it came out, but I had to refresh yeah. everything just to get some inspo. Your voice is so grounded. That's how I knew you were a Taurus. It's I my knew voice. that you were an earth sign wow. because you're so grounded, yes. so calm, and so eloquent. Thank you. And everything that you were saying in that episode, you're just so intelligent. I was like, I can't wait to learn from her in today's conversation. I am honored. I hope that I live up to those Oh, absolutely. You so well. So I remember meeting you way back in the day when you were in PR at Covet. Do you remember that? It was so long ago. Yes. I remember crossing paths with you when you were working with Sarah, who's the best. I think back from... I don't know. Was it like 2013 or something? My God, it must have been. That's like at least 10 years ago. Yeah. Because I was like this new blogger working with Suja. You guys were working with Suja. I remember Yeah. This. And I just remember, I don't even remember where I met you. Maybe it was Expo West. Probably. And then to just kind of run into you over the years and see this transition that you've been through in your career has been so inspiring. Vice versa. I think the first time we met, I remember sitting on the couches at Expo West. It was outside of like Nutso or something. Uh There was like some booth. Yeah, that's wild. I think you were, were you still doing your master's at that point? Yeah. That's wild. I was. I was living in New York doing my master's. And then I left before I got the master's to pursue the blog full time. Which I still don't know how I feel about that to this day. It was really? a, no, it was actually a really, really good decision. But looking back, it would have been so awesome to finish. But everything happens for a reason. The books are coming regardless yes. of the masters. That's absolutely so true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Manifesting it all. Just finished writing a book. Just I'm going finished? to New York next week for some meetings for the book. So oh my God, Jordan. Hopefully when this no comes idea. out, we can have some good news. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited for you. Thank you. That's huge. Thank you so much. I think that's like you are a perfect testament of what so many of us are saying in the industry is like it's it's not about your upbringing or your professional path or your education. It's about passion and Mm -hmm. natural inclination. And that's what ultimately drives you to accomplish things. So I find it very, very cool that you left the program and still did it. Thank you so much. I love everything that you're doing. And I'm so excited to learn all the things. So kind of just tell us about your trajectory from PR 
to everything that you do now. Okay. I'm trying to find better ways to consolidate this because it's such a meandering story. It's so hard to tell us. It's like a life story. It's like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really know. So I started my PR or my background in PR. I was the first employee at a boutique firm that worked with health and wellness sort of consumer brands. So started there, ended up rolling up through the ranks over about, I would say, eight or so years went to a couple of other agencies, went back ultimately to open up our LA office. And I think that having that ownership was just like early sign of the type of impact I wanted to have on a company, that company at the time, but also type of impact I wanted to have in my career long term. I never wanted to be a cog in the wheel. I always wanted to create something larger and Covet really gave me that sort of platform to be able to do so. If you could dream it, you could do it. And that was sort of the mentality of the company. And that really helped sort of spur growth early on. So ultimately, we sold Covet to a power digital, which is a digital marketing agency, which on the back end was in the business of doing several sort of buy side acquisitions. And that was opportunities for organic and also the acquired growth that would ultimately get them to where they needed to be to sell from their current private equity sponsor to the next sort of stage of what the company might look like. And for them, that was private equity still just sort of upper middle market. And so I rode that wave kind of like spearheading top of funnel marketing for consumer brands, again, for about 10 years. And that was anything from like PR to affiliate marketing, influencer strategy, experiential stuff, partnerships, anything that was sort of like content generating that fed performance and retention channels was really like my expertise and purview. And then ultimately when we exited, I ended up moving over to the dark side and am now an investor at a growth equity firm Mm -hmm. investing in consumer brands, which is so fun to be on this side of the table. Yeah. Is it so different, like in every single way? It's so interesting because there are more similarities, I would say, than there are differences. And I want to like shout that from the rooftops because I feel like that sort of information is so gatekept. But from my standpoint, I mean, when you work at an agency, you're working with maybe 10 to 15 brands at any given time. And you're responsible for the strategy, implementation, reporting, the whole nine yards. You're sort of like proving your worth every single day of like why you should continue paying our retainer. And in a similar way, like with the firm, our portfolio scales, obviously each fund is deployed and then new companies come into the portfolio through that fund. We raise a new fund, deploy that fund, and then we have new portfolio companies to support and so on. And that's how the company grows. So we're on our second fund. We have all of our fund one portfolio companies that we're supporting. So that portfolio is, you know, in the teens in and of itself. We're currently in the midst of deploying our second fund, which means we're bringing new companies into the mix. And that will be, you know, 15 to 20 strong. And then we'll start raising fund three. So it's kind of like I'm working across a similar sort of like scope of quote unquote client. But our relationship is so much more intertwined Mm -hmm. and symbiotic because I'm an investor in the brands versus just being a service provider, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. Wow. Okay. So a question that I have, and because I'm always trying to wrap my head around this world of private equity. And like we were saying before we started recording, my best friend is in that world. And I'm always so confused when I'm describing what she does and even what you do, even though I feel like I understand it to some degree. 
So you're an investor, but you also work for an investment company and you get other people to invest, but you're also the investor. Okay, this is, yes, I totally understand how this is confusing. Basically, let's go through fund structure first, like how funds sort of operate. So a fund is basically pooled capital. And then that capital is deployed into companies on behalf of those investors who pooled the capital. So you have limited partners who are you know, providing that capital. And then a couple of anchor GPs, people who run the actual fund, who are invested in and of themselves, too. So between that, you have this pool of, you know, in, in our case, it's about $150 million vehicle. We take that money and we invest it in companies on behalf of our LPs in an effort to reach a certain threshold of return within a certain period of time. And that's sort of like what we're underwriting is what the LP is signing up for in terms of like, yes, I'd like to have that sort of diversity in my investment portfolio. Mm -hmm. That's what gets them onboarded with us in the first place. So when we're investing out of RX3, most of the money that we're investing is not our own. It's other people's. Separately, I also angel invest, mm -hmm. which is where my heart and soul is sort of like fed, if you will. And that's like, I get to invest directly in incredible companies that I believe in personally that are usually too early for us to be able to invest in at the fund oh, level. Oh, I see. Okay. That so makes total sense. Wow. Let's talk about my favorite topic, which is ketamine therapy. I am such a psychedelic therapy proponent. You can listen to my many episodes on psychedelics, but specifically the episode that we did on ketamine therapy with my ketamine therapist, Dr. Mike Dow. And if you are struggling with anxiety or depression, you're not alone. Millions of Americans are searching for ways to feel better, but they feel like they've exhausted every option and don't know where to turn. If that sounds like you, then guided ketamine therapy from Mindbloom could change your life. They are the leader in this field. It has helped tens of thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. Mindbloom's expert clinicians and guides can help you feel better in days, not weeks, and you can complete treatment entirely from the comfort of home. In a study of over 1,000 Mindbloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only four sessions. And now Mindbloom has new programs that go beyond depression and anxiety to help you overcome challenges in everyday life. Right now, Mindbloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash blonde and use the promo code blonde. Break free from your anxiety and depression and feel better faster with Mindbloom. Mindbloom.com slash blonde and use promo code blonde. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in every two women? If you're among them, know that you're not alone. Hair thinning is normal and Nutrafol helps women address it from within their science-backed supplements. I love them. I've been taking them ever since I was freshly postpartum because, you know, a lot of women in postpartum end up having thinning hair. But if you're not postpartum, 
they have still got you covered from postpartum to menopause to plant-based lifestyles and beyond. No matter what stage of life you're in, Nutrafol has four unique formulas to support women. Each one is physician formulated using drug-free science-backed ingredients so you can get the most reliable results. You can go to Nutrafol.com to take their hair health wellness quiz to identify the causes of your thinning hair. And Nutrafol will also give you a personalized plan for better hair growth through their whole body health approach. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from the inside out. I love that they get to the root cause. That's always super important to me. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code BALANCE. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T. R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code BALANCED. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code BALANCED. And what's an LP? Okay, an LP is a limited partner. So there's somebody that puts money into a fund. So for instance, if like for our second fund, that $150 million vehicle, maybe we have an LP that put in $10 million into that vehicle. We have another LP that would put in $100 million. We have another that might put in 250 or whatever it is. And that's how the fund scales. So each LP is like our individual limited partner. They're the investors in the fund. They're whose capital we're ultimately deploying. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about funds though, and I think what I've learned a lot this past year. And again, this is newer territory for me where I've been an investor for two, a little over two years now. And prior to that, obviously had very little exposure to this industry. So I like to be really transparent about that. Like you can learn a lot very, very quickly by doing. In the process of the last year or so, I've sort of shifted my strategy from investing directly into companies to start to invest in funds just Mm -hmm. to sort of get a feel for like what being on the side of a limited partner actually looks and feels like in practice. So my first year of investing was all about like the cool businesses, the ones I was obsessed with. My second year has been really focused on like investing in funds. We invested in two funds this past year. And the experience of investing in those funds is very, very different from investing direct I'm starting to get a feel for like what I prefer, how I want to diversify my portfolio, especially within private equity as a whole Mm -hmm. long term. And so next year, I'm kind of like playing with the idea of going back to direct companies, Mm -hmm. et cetera. So you can really build your portfolio. But when you invest directly, your investment is not associated with like a fee and carry because you're investing direct. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you invest in a fund, then the fund takes a certain fee and a certain percentage of carry on the return. Mm -hmm. And that's how they make their money ultimately. But you're essentially trusting them to lead you in the right direction and to do some of the harder work of the research and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So like funds are incredible because they get incredible access to deal flow, but they Mm -hmm. also have the infrastructure in place to be able to 
evaluate deal flow and do it at scale. So for a layman, it's honestly less about like, do you have access to brands to invest in? Most people can eventually find access to a brand if they want to invest in it. But what the core differentiator is for a fund is you have these incredibly like resources in place who are able to evaluate deal opportunities on your behalf mm-hmm. when that might not be where you cut your teeth. So do you know what you prefer between the two? I'm not going to lie. I love going direct. I love finding cool companies and investing directly with founders and then having that text relationship where I can be like, hey, I saw this. I think this is super sick. You should try it on your site. Or I think this partnership would be really cool. Do you want to be connected? When you're investing in a fund, it's a little bit more hands-off, I would say. So you get quarterly updates on performance, Mm -hmm. obviously. You go to like annual general meetings where you get updates on how the fund is performing. But at the end of the day, it's ultimately like in the hands of the investors at that fund, which when you're talking about deploying a ton of capital, which high net worth individuals would be doing, that's great for them because they can scale their time. Whereas for me, the amount of money I'm deploying, like what interests me is like rolling up my sleeves and getting involved with brands. Mm-hmm. So it's all about like what you're looking for, I would say. What I love about everything that you talk about is that people who are not necessarily high worth individuals can invest. Yep. Like there's people who are, I don't know, 28 years old. If you have $10,000 in savings that you yeah. want to invest in a brand that you love, you can do that. I mean, sometimes maybe they won't take $10,000. You could probably speak to that more so. But I know a lot of like the consumer brands, some of their entry is like $10,000. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't know. Oh, 100%. I think it's like, and I, I want to be cautious with this too, because when you think about what you have to invest, it's like what you might go out and spend on a bag. Like you have to be good with never seeing that money again. And I think that's like critical. So it's like be comfortable with the money going out the door and never coming back in. But with that being said, like these brands, they're looking for value add out of their investors, even more so than capital, at least in the world that I'm playing in. So if you can add value in some way, that is not necessarily just capital, but the capital gets your foot in a door to be able to add that value. Founders love it mm-hmm. when you're value, true value add and an easy investor to deal with. That being said, like thresholds for entry, I recently met an investor who broke into venture capital also recently. She's big on TikTok. Her name's Ruffin. And I think she did her first investment and it was a very low threshold in terms of like how much money she was able to put in because she added this incredible value. I think it's kind of like a misconception Mm -hmm. that you need to be like some billionaire in order to be able to start investing. You can honestly start doing it with $5,000. Yeah, that's so empowering for everybody listening. I'm sure so many people tuning in thought that they just didn't have the opportunity. But the next thing is, how do they, because you said, like, if there's a brand that somebody's interested in, they could pretty much find a way to get in contact and figure out how to invest. How would they do that? Like, what kind of, do you go to the website? Like, what contact are you looking for? Yeah. And, and I'm coming at this again from the lens of, like, I recognize I'm privileged in the sense that like this is these are the worlds that I live and breathe in personally and professionally. I also live in Los Angeles and I think that there's some aspect of like just metropolitan proximity that makes it 
a little bit easier to be able to get access to these people. But ultimately, it could be your friend's company that you are obsessed with, that you believe in wholeheartedly, and that you want to support, in which case you could go to them and say, hey, I have $5,000. I'd really like to put it to work. I think that I can help in these ways outside of just the capital. Would you be open to me investing? And if so, let's talk terms. I think in terms of like finding a brand that's blowing up on social media or killing it in grocery or what have you, it's a little bit more difficult because then you're reaching out and saying like, hey, I've seen you. I think Mm -hmm. you're amazing. I'd love to be involved. Of course, that's so flattering. But then you're waiting for a round. It needs to be sort of a wider opportunity. The timing just has to be right. And again, your value add just needs to be very, very clear, differentiated, and something that the founder is looking for. Mm -hmm. So fascinating. I love it so much. So I think probably a lot of my listeners don't really know my story with investing. And I don't think you do either. So I'll just tell the story really quick just because it'll lead me to my next questions for you. So basically, I fell into investing because I have a dear friend, Brandon Cohen, who started Liquid IV. We went to college together. Influencer. This was probably... 2014, 2015. Really? And he had been doing Liquid IV for, at that time, probably like two years. They were raising. I think they were raising for, I should know this. And this is the thing. And I think like it's it's important to share this stuff. I have invested in many brands and I still can't really talk about some of the nitty gritty details, but that's okay because it's still been a great you opportunity. By totally. So I think it was a series A. Maybe it was before that. I have no idea. And thankfully, my parents were, they love Brandon and they were also interested. So we invested together. And this was great because I was 24 and we're just like, cool, we believe in Brandon. We really believe in like him as a person. And five years later, the most incredible sale, which we're so proud of him. I remember where I was when they called and said the deal went through and it was an incredible return. And everybody jokes, like my husband, my dad, they're like, you're ruined for investing because it's very rare that such a return would take place. And he was so generous with me. He put me on the board of directors. I got so much experience. I mean, I was terrified in the board of directors with all these like powerful men in the industry. And I was just like, well, from a uh, social media perspective and just kind of sharing what I thought. And since then, I've had the opportunity to invest in brands that I love, similar to Liquid IV. It's just been such a cool experience. I think you bring something up that's so important to double tap on too, which is that experience in a boardroom And that feeling that you had where you were like, well, my silly little social media brain does this. You know what? That is the future of brand growth. It was hugely the future of brand growth and impact in 2014. And the way that you felt and maybe even the way that the men around the table who knows felt listening to you speak about something that candidly they didn't understand. Like to you, it might have seemed so small and silly. But in the scheme of things, that was such a core component of Liquid IV's success long term. So recognizing that like that imposter syndrome that you felt in that room is really like the superpower Mm -hmm. that powered that incredible return for this brand that you were involved in early. And I think that's hugely powerful to think about. Like, I can't tell you how many rooms I'm in where I have that imposter syndrome. And I think, well... 
I'm the youngest. I'm the only woman. I know they're looking at me thinking like, well, of course you you think you know beauty and fashion and what have you. And yeah, because I'm your target demographic yeah, consumer. Yeah, you do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is like, yes. the rest of you mm-hmm. don't get this. You're asking your wives. It's kind of like understanding and like leaving space and room for your power and being able to like have the confidence to recognize that power is something I'm still working on. But I think once you crack the code on that, it's like mm-hmm. the world it's is magic. your oyster. Totally. Yeah. Okay, so if you've been watching the videos to these podcasts, then you may know that I have been curling my hair lately. That is a big deal for me because for many, many years, I did not curl my hair ever unless someone else was doing it for me. So what I am loving right now is Conair's Curl Secret by Infinity Pro. It is incredible. It is um, reimagined. It's an auto curler. It makes you have flawless, effortless, and simple curls. And it kind of works just like magic. It is so easy. It gives you perfect curls at the push of a button. And what I love specifically that makes it really easy is that it has customizable settings. It has multi-directional action and it has tangle-free tech. So if you have long hair like me that gets tangled really easily, then you're going to love this product by Conair. You can say goodbye to curl drama and hello to perfect long-lasting curls at the push of a button. It also has five different temperature options, three different curl directions. It has a ceramic barrel to protect your hair. And of course, like I said, the anti-tangle tech, you can shop Curl Secret by Conair, which is now available at all major retailers. That is Curl Secret by Conair, now available at all major retailers. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier. And you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru. And you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. I know that was going to be my next question was how do you show up with such confidence? Because like you said, you're pretty new to this industry. You're young. You're so knowledgeable, all this. But sometimes that doesn't matter when it comes to confidence and imposter syndrome and stepping into those rooms. How do you do it? Because like I said, you're so eloquent and you're so well-spoken and it's a gift, truly. Thank you. Honestly, that means a lot. I'm not as confident probably as it seems, which is like so true for the majority of incredible women that I've spoken to. I think there's just nothing that preparedness can't solve in all honesty. Like the only reason that I would feel imposter syndrome is if I felt I didn't know something that I should or that somebody else knew Mm -hmm. that I wish I knew. 
And then what does that really relate back to? That relates back to like my own insecurity with myself in my understanding, which is totally fixable by staying up all night and reading this book or listening to this podcast or taking this course. So I think it's like part of imposter syndrome is the part that you can never surmount, which is I am a woman, I'm young, et cetera, and we can talk about that. But every step that I take to combat imposter syndrome is rooted around how do I become an expert in my field and truly know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Because that will make me feel confident in sharing that information outwardly, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, that's such a good tip. Because I think so many people, they do have that passion and that knowledge But when you have to then go like speak it into the world, it can be terrifying for some people. Yeah. And it's like practice makes perfect ultimately. Mm -hmm. Like how many times can you review and experience and learn and grow and then take those learnings and then apply them to your day to day? That just starts to feel like it's second nature. Mm -hmm. So it pulls some of that like imposter syndrome out because it's rooted in like insecurity around knowledge. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, that's such a good tip. So your TikTok has blown up. It's so fun to look at. That's when I first started seeing that you really were in this world now because your TikToks are so fun to watch. They're so bite-sized and accessible, but nobody else is really doing what you're doing on TikTok that I've seen. So what are some of your videos that have been your fave? It's so interesting. I feel like I got exposure to like using TikTok in that way from a couple of incredible like trailblazing women that I'm like, I love that you're doing these formats of videos instead of like silly dances that we Mm -hmm. were doing. Oh my God. Yes. I did them. Yes, I did them. Which is so funny. No one knew what to do with TikTok. I know, exactly. But now we do. So it's kind of like, thank God for them. (laughs) There were like maybe two or three. And I was like, oh, like this is interesting. I feel like I have a unique perspective that I could share. And it's been really fun using the platform to sort of educate. But also I recognize like from my social media sort of like persona, if you will, like Instagram never reflected what I did career wise Mm -hmm. or how I thought. And I think that's more important is I had girls in my DMs and Instagram, which was so cute, being like, I've loved following you for fashion and beauty, but I didn't know you were you were smart. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is hilarious. I was like, first of all, I'm honored. Thank you. I'm so glad that you're here and that you know that I'm remotely intelligent. But it was it was sort of like an interesting defining moment when I realized as cringe as it is, we have to use these platforms to showcase our expertise. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, no one will ever know it. And there are so many brilliant people that I talk to that don't put themselves out there. And the number one thing that I say is like, the more you put yourself out there, the more people are going to see what you're capable of. And it's just going to open up the world. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so true. And that's such a good point that Instagram, especially when it was more photo driven, was, I mean, it just didn't showcase our talents for influencers, maybe because we were like kind of sharing about our successes or whatever we were doing. But I think for people who are in more behind the scenes careers, it's very hard. And I so get that because you do post beautiful fashion content, beauty content. And even me, I mean, when I first really was watching your videos, I was like, there's a level of intelligence that is so profound. And it was just so cool to see. Thank you. That means a lot. I think it's like 
just in general, leveraging platforms in a way that is innovative and unique and cool that isn't necessarily like when you look at TikTok on its face, a lot of people still think that it's just like young kids dancing. And I get that. Or when you look at Instagram, it's just for like pretty photos or like aesthetic reels. But once you start to think about like how you can use that platform to tell your story, I think that's where like, mm-hmm. again, you, huge opportunity. I'm also starting to see like this opening of almost a new wave of influencers, if you will, creators who have full-time careers, have an expertise in a certain arena and leverage platforms in order to be able to share that expertise and then becoming creators in and of their own rights, sort of keeping that on the side and maintaining this like double life Mm -hmm. kind of. And I think brands are starting to gravitate towards creators who have something else going on outside of just being a content creator. Mm -hmm. That's going to be really interesting when we start looking at these like expert influencers. Yeah, I totally agree. I was thinking about that because for years, influencers and creators, that's what they did. Like even myself, like if you're a creator, that's your whole thing and that's why people follow you and now there almost has to be another added value like what are you an expert in what are you interested in what can you talk about besides you know buy this water bottle and that's something that I've pivoted for that reason years ago because I kind of saw the trajectory like I'm going to step into owning the fact that I'm also a spiritual teacher. That's what I really care about. And so I have this audience, which is amazing, which makes me an influencer. But what I really want to do is be a spiritual teacher. But it's been so hard at times to straddle both because, again, an imposter. I'm like, who wants to listen to a content creator, you know, help them develop spiritually? But I've gotten past that. But that was like five years of working with like mentors and different people reminding me, you just got to own it. Almost like you were saying, you have to just know that you know what you're talking about. And if people don't like it, then that's, they're not your people. Yeah. And, and ultimately that is your superpower. Like for somebody else that might be their Achilles heel or they might view it in whatever way, shape or form they do. But in practice for you, that just fuels your growth in the arena that you want to focus in. I think being open to taking your superpowers and recognizing them and owning them is like the first step in overcoming imposter syndrome, but also becoming more available in other aspects of your life where you can have more of an impact. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, so true. So back to kind of like what you do, because I know we touched, you know, we discussed all of it, but something that we didn't touch on as much is the role that you have with working with influencers, celebrities, athletes when it comes to investing. And I think that's such an interesting component of what you do, because I just think it hasn't been tapped into as much as it should. Totally. We saw it with athletes like maybe eight or nine years ago and then celebrities sort of followed and I'm bullish on the idea that social media influencers, content creators, bloggers, et cetera, are going to be this next wave of influential investors. And I think there's always going to be room for talent in deals. It just they need the team structures to be able to capitalize on opportunity, basically. 
The role that I have with RX3 is very, very fun, very cool, and I think a little bit unique for the industry. So I run our value add, and the firm is sort of structured in two ways. We have our investment team, which my partner runs. He's wonderful. And then our value add team, which is what I oversee. And we sort of work interchangeably all the way through the deal sourcing process and diligence down to supporting our portfolio companies, which is quite a unique structure for a fund. But within the value add sort of like bubble, our investors, say like close to 30% or so, are celebrities, athletes, and influencers. So we're obviously co-founded by Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. of the Jets. But in addition to that, have, you know, Christina Aguilera, Machine Gun Kelly, Kevin Hart, Vanessa Hudgens, so all his cool. investors in the fund, which is also unique for the industry because they're investors in the fund. And then by proxy, are investors in all the deals we do out of that fund. So they're incentivized for all of these companies to grow because it grows their return. Mm -hmm. And instead of doing deal by deal structures where we're finding talent for different brand opportunities, they're trusting us with their capital to invest on their behalf. And then they're selecting however many from the portfolio that feel comfortable to them that they want to support. And there are no deliverables associated. It truly is just like organic, authentic Mm -hmm. alignment. And I think that in and of itself is so differentiated But in addition to that, something that I was noticing about a year and a half or so ago is like you can have great top of funnel sort of like buzz awareness bubbles from celebrities, brands partnering with celebrities. But the celebrities and the athletes are not necessarily as well versed in creating content and ultimately driving engagement or conversions, let alone. So what we needed to build was more of like a full funnel approach to driving impact for our brands. And that's when I started incorporating relationships with content creators, social media influencers, doing it at scale, because that is the future of like, A, talent and investing. They have incredible access to deal flow. They just don't have the resources in place to be able to, and I'm speaking generally here, of course, many of them like you have figured this out, but in general, the resources lack to be able to capitalize on that deal flow diligence that deal flow and then execute deals. Mm -hmm. And if we're able to offer those unique opportunities to access and then support, then we're able to provide our brands with this incredible full funnel impact. And then we're also able to sort of like expand our sphere of influence amongst talent and like this next wave and be at the forefront of what I think is going to be the future of talent-led investing. Okay, if you're looking for a good baking mix this season, you are going to love Stellar Eats. They are grain-free baking mixes that are made with eight or less real ingredients like almonds, coconuts, and dates. They make mixes like carrot cake, banana bread, and coffee cake that are also gluten-free, paleo-friendly, and naturally sweetened with coconut and date sugars. The taste and texture are just like traditional, conventional treats. And something else that I love is that it was started by three women who were frustrated with diet culture, which I can definitely understand, and how healthy eating is made all about how you look rather than how you feel and rather than how the food tastes. So they are on a mission to change the way that wellness brands speak to customers, which I absolutely love. And 
I have been loving these baking mixes. Atticus has been loving them. We've been using them as a family. I will definitely be bringing them to Hanukkah and Christmas this year. Visit StellarEats.com and use the code BALANCED at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. That is S-T-E-L-L-A-R-E-A-T-S.com and use the code BALANCED for 20% off your first order. Stellar Eats is also available at Whole Foods stores nationwide. You are going to love it. And I cannot wait to hear what you think. All right, let's talk about Z-Biotics. Even though I haven't had alcohol in years, most of my friends and all of my family, they do drink alcohol. And I know that sharing about this will still be very aligned for our community. Zbiotics is a pre-alcohol probiotic. It should be your first drink of the night for a better tomorrow. So basically step one is to have a Zbiotics, And then step two is to drink responsibly. Step three is to enjoy tomorrow. The really cool thing is that Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It is this byproduct, not dehydration, that is to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics pre-alcohol your first drink of the night. Drink responsibly and you'll feel your best tomorrow. This holiday season, give your friends and family a gift that they will actually want to use with Zbiotics. Go to zbiotics.com slash balanced to get 15% off your first order when you use balanced at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash balanced and use the code balanced at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Influencers as talent and as investors are so underrated. And a lot of people don't understand even what an influencer is. So the fact that you really like worked in that industry through PR for so long is such such a bonus. I mean, it's so incredible that you can link all those things together in such an expert kind of way. And I could see you doing huge things with this. Like you already are, but I could see. Like, could you see yourself starting your own fund or your own company? I think it's it's so... I think about this a lot. It's, I get so much joy out of being an intrapreneur versus an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And there is something in me that is like, what is wrong with me? What is broken that everyone tells me to launch my own thing? And I'm always like, no, I really like building other people's things. Yeah. Which is but so I great. Do. Yeah. I love building alongside people with incredible vision. And I think I have too much ADHD in business to be able to focus on one thing Mm -hmm. and be able to drive that to fruition. No, I've seen some of your TikToks where you've (laughs) talked about your brands that you were going to start in the past that you either launched or didn't launch and nothing has ever been more relatable. And that's why I love doing what I do because 
under the umbrella of the balanced wand, I've done a million things. Yeah. And people who have stuck around are amazing because I am not sharing what I used to share, which was vegan food. But like so much has changed. And I can so see that. And we're going to eventually talk about your astrology. But in a way, it's very Taurus. Yeah. Tauruses are very supportive of like big visions. And it doesn't mean that a Taurus couldn't be an entrepreneur because they'd be an amazing entrepreneur. But a lot of the Tauruses that I know are so good at supporting other people's vision and bringing their extreme knowledge, expertise, passion, bullheadedness, like stubborn ability that only a Taurus has to the table. So it actually makes a ton of sense. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I look at my human design and I'm like, well, I'm a manifester. Am I doing what I should be doing with my life? Yeah. Like I'm manifesting within the larger organization. And I think that that's like when you're creating within something larger that can be just as fulfilling for certain people. For me, it has been as like creating for yourself. Mm -hmm. Although that's not to say like maybe I never do never say never. But it's like for now, this is much more fulfilling, I think, than you know, being my own sort of entrepreneur, mm-hmm. which I admire entrepreneurs and founders so incredibly deeply. It takes a certain level of tenacity to be able to like build your own thing. Mm-hmm. And sitting on the outside, I think about this a lot, especially with founders when they come to me and they say, you know, I'm asking for $2 million for my seed or whatever, or this bridge, or I'm, I'm, you know, the ask is this. And I'm like, no, 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 rephrase and like restate what you're looking for, because really what you're offering is an opportunity. You're offering an Mm. opportunity for investors who I'm speaking from myself perspective, but I know a lot of us are like this, who specialize in helping other people build their things. Mm -hmm. You're giving us a chance to like hike onto your rocket ship and support with some of the mechanics and Mm -hmm. like let it go. Where in my mind, it's like, I would never be able to build the rocket ship and then lift right. off. So it's it's also like, again, we talk about imposter syndrome. We talk about like reframing your mindset. That's the number one thing. Like you're coming into these conversations and offering something that they can't do on their own. Mm-hmm. That's such a good tip. I'm going to keep that in my head. I need that. Like I need to remember that some of the goals that I have is really like I'm also presenting a huge opportunity Because it's a symbiotic relationship, like you said. And I think that applies to any career, any relationship, anything. Like our own inherent self-value. We just have so much more to offer than we usually give ourselves credit for. Yeah. And a lot of that is just allowing yourself to recognize, again, your superpowers. It's allowing yourself to recognize when you're good at something. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just don't allow themselves to do that. Yeah. So what would you say your superpowers are? Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to try to practice what I preach. I'm incredibly good at connecting people. That is my favorite thing to do. I collect people and connect them. And my only goal in life is to add value to everybody that I come into contact with. And that is my mantra when I wake up and what I repeat when I go to bed. That is all I care about. I think that there are some negatives associated with that that my therapist would bring up. But in general, like what? I mean, God. Like living for like yeah, others. subjugation right. and mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. like which I can definitely relate to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm hearing her voice in yeah. the back of my head. I'm talking to her later today. So uh-huh. I'm gonna report back on this. Yes. But yeah, I, th- I think that's my number one superpower. And then I like to tell stories. 
And I think that comes through in, in writing and strategy and the way that I communicate. And I think that's more of an innate quality than a learned one. So mm-hmm. I give myself credit for that. Totally. Storytelling is everything. And that's what you're doing on TikTok and social media and everything that you do. Yeah. So switching gears a little, all of the book recommendations that you've put on your Instagram have changed my life. Oh my I'm God. a huge reader. You love them? I'm a huge Good. reader. And I had found it like super hard lately to find good fiction, really good books in general, because a lot, and I think you put this on your Instagram and this is how I knew that I would like your recommendations, that a lot of like the top five list books and stuff, they never really land for me because they're, they're just too cookie cutter and they're not very well written and maybe they have a good plot or whatever, but they're not great. Oh my God. You recommended Bunny. Dark Matter, right? Dark Matter? Dark Matter. And at least one other one that has been... Wait, was it The Circle? Did you read The Circle or no? I did read The Circle, but I didn't recommend it. Never mind, but I read them all like around the same time. Bunny is insane. Yeah, Bunny is wild. Huh, so wild. I'm actually reading a book now that you would absolutely love. I have this problem where I can't remember the names of books, Mm -hmm. songs, or movies, but I remember everything that's in them. Uh So I literally am like trying to Google on Amazon what my purchases were. Yeah, I know it's so good to have them all I'll give this to you afterwards. But this was like, the book I'm reading now is like Bunny on steroids. Really? Yes, I need to find this. You have to tell me. Oh, I'm reading, oh no, I just finished If We Were Villains. It was amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. I must have ordered the other book I did on Walmart. Darn it. Okay. They didn't so have you're going to tell me later and then we will put it, I'll put it in the intro or the outro for all the other readers. But that was like another thing that really made me like connect to you even deeper. Just knowing we have a similar taste. And I think a lot of the listeners do too. Like deep, really good, really thought provoking books are everything. Yes. I think it's, like I said, on stories, it's just so difficult to find thought-provoking current books Mm -hmm. that aren't being talked about by everybody. So I like to share. I also have kind of like a a dark. Me too. I mean, that's why I like those books, because those are some dark books. Every time I've talked about them, I'm like, you might hate Bunny or (laughs) like Dark Matter. But if you are up for like the darkness, it's so fascinating. It really is. Mm -hmm. Like there's like the psychological thriller is just, yeah, my favorite movie is American Psycho. So that Mm -hmm. tells you like everything you need to know. (laughs) Love that movie. Love that book. That is like anything about like serial killers or Uh, cults. Yeah. I'm obsessed. Yeah. Or possession for me. I have this Mm -hmm. thing around like. I love seeing movies about possession. All my friends think I'm absolutely... No one will oh, see like The being Exorcist. Possessed? Yeah. Oh, see, that yeah. kind of scares me. I know. Because something. it's a little too real for me. Like, it's always scared the shit out of me. And I think it's like a past life fear. I think you probably know more about it than I do. So that's also like, it's my naivete yeah. that allows me to be shrouded in this yeah. like mystery. Totally. But when I was younger, I loved horror films. So like anything like that I loved, but it would stick with me too much. And now I'm just like, I can't. I yeah. Too much anxiety. It. I'm too sensitive. Oh, and the other thing that I've been loving is everything that you've been sharing about what's going on in the world as a Jewish person, and we both are. um, But I usually stay a little more quiet about that kind of stuff just because I just wait until I feel called. And sometimes I don't feel called because there's just so much backlash sometimes. So how's that 
been. I mean, I've loved yeah. everything that you've shared. Thank you. That means a lot. I, I think I do the similar thing. I wait until I feel called to say something. I am super hesitant about reposting like memes or reels where mm-hmm. I don't know where they came from. Same. And I also hate that like the definition of like you've spoken out is like if you've reposted a quote or a meme that like thousands of people have reposted. I don't know how that became a thing. It became a thing in 2020. And I, I just like won't do it. I won't do it. I think it's so important to have your own perspective. I think it just in general, and I'm I'm like mincing my words because I made all of my stories shareable for people who couldn't find the words. But actually yours, I would share. And like, I would love if other people shared because they're very personal and they make sense. It's, it's like when people are reposting stuff, that's like reporting the news. That's I'm like, you're not a reporter and you don't have to be. And maybe if you want to go ahead, but that doesn't make you better than other people. Exactly. I think the other thing, too, with like reporting the news is with a conflict like this, people hate when they say like, oh, there's context. But like you have to admit there's thousands of years of context here that needs to be taken into consideration. Mm -hmm. And as a result, like the news in and of itself is so biased because the way that they make money is to produce content quickly. They're doing the best that they can, I'm sure, in terms of like getting resources and sources that are, you know, a little bit less bipartisan. But I think just in general, like taking somebody else's perspective and then using it as your own without understanding or caring to understand the implications behind doing so is so much worse and more damaging in my mind than just being silent and doing the research that you feel called to do and then speaking when you feel Mm -hmm. called to speak. I think we're in a really sad world where people, just because they have a platform or even if they don't, honestly, are expected to become like a resource during times like this or share their stance or perspective. Like as much as I stand by everything that I said on social and would continue to say in my own experience, I'm not going to lie, like the hateful messages, they get to you. Mm -hmm. The anti-Semitic remarks, they get to you. Mm -hmm. And I've unfortunately like lost a couple of friends and not a lot, but people have unfollowed me and they've sent me things and said they're disappointed. And I understand that we have Mm -hmm. different standpoints. And I think you just have to have conviction in standing for what you know and care to be true. Yeah, you just you just have to have conviction in, in mm-hmm. what you stand for. And in my mind, it's especially now that I'm pregnant, it's kind of like the reason why I decided to say anything is because I'm thinking of the world that I want to leave my daughter. And the world I want to leave my daughter is not a world where she has to speak out because I didn't. Yeah. So that was kind of my mentality. That gives me chills. That's so true. And it's true becoming a mother from the second that you become pregnant, it changes everything. And it changes the way that you look at the world and the way that you want to show up for your community and speak up about certain things. I totally understand. And I just related to so much of what you said. 
I mean, just from even the comments of like, you don't look Jewish and like this and that and the bat mitzvah thing when I was like, oh, really, it's just a party, like underplaying the whole thing that we learned how to read Hebrew (laughs) and read the Torah. And I still know what my Torah portion was about, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just got chills. I mean, it's like it's such a spiritual, like deep, if you're Jewish, like, you know, it's some people obviously resonate more with the experience than others. But for me, it was like such a deep spiritual experience. Yeah. And then I was literally sending out invites and I was like, there's going to be a party bus and it's going to be fun. And I was yes. like, why am I diluting this so I deeply? Know. It's so true. It's wild. But I've loved everything that you've shared and everybody should check it out if they're listening or, you know, everybody's listening who's here. <laughs> Pregnancy. How do you feel? Like, were you trying to get pregnant? Were you super ready? Like, I, I love this discussion. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll give you the discussion. Yes. We were in Africa for my 30th birthday. We uh-huh. went to South Africa. That's amazing. We were staying in a treehouse underneath the stars in a remote area with like hyenas running around downstairs. And it was like so pitch dark. It was so silent. All you heard was like the sounds of wilderness. And my husband in the moment was like, this is the right place to make a baby. And I was like, great. This is in line with my plan. I'd always wanted to be pregnant when I was 30. I Uh told him that when we started dating when I was 22. Or gosh, how old was I? Yeah, 22. That's wild. And anyways, so that was the first time that we like, quote unquote, tried, but it was more like opportunistic. The next month I said, hey, I think that we should probably go back to like, why don't we try that again? Let's let's just do one more month and see how it goes. And that was, we felt very, very lucky, but that was when we did get pregnant. So it wasn't necessarily like thought out. It was more so like, this was my plan mm-hmm. and I feel ready in my life. I don't know if you ever feel ready, but I think you reach a threshold where you're like, okay, I'm still a kid myself, but I know that I can adult hard enough to take mm-hmm. care of like another human and exactly. like financially I can take care of a human and we're in the right place where it feels comfortable to do so. And then you sort of have to outweigh like I, I don't really feel ready, but like my life is ready. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think that's the perfect place to be yeah. like knowing that the foundation is there. And everything else, you'll just learn as it comes. Yeah. I don't know if that story was TMI, by the way. No, I can, yeah. I, no, no. I love the story, the Africa component and just everything. It so opens beautiful. your brain, I feel like, when you're like out of the city, out of the work. It so. does. Yeah. And I just love sharing these stories because so many people listening are in this stage of life, too. And people ask me uh, probably every day how did you know you were ready to have a baby? So I just love to hear from other people. Oh my God. I wish that there was a moment where I was like, I just knew. I'm like one of those psychos that just knew that she wanted to be pregnant when she was 30, when she was like 20. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I I felt similarly. I think, was I pregnant at 30? Wait, I really have to think about this. Yes, I was. (laughs) Yes, because I'm 33 now, but I had him when I was 31, but I was pregnant during 30. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to ask you a couple rapid fires that I ask everyone who comes on. Sun, moon, and rising. Okay, yes, wait. I should have had this ready. (laughs) I screenshotted on my way over here and I need you to tell me what this means because I truly have no idea. Okay, I'm so happy. I'm a Taurus sun. Mm -hmm. I'm a Gemini moon Mm -hmm. and a Libra rising. Oh my God. I love your chart so much. Okay, wait. I I like to like 
have a visual. Yeah, I can't. I'm catching you off guard. No, this is like my love language. Oh, you're born in 1993. You are a baby. I know. Okay, Taurus sun, Gemini moon, Libra rising. So you're an earth sign, which you're so earthy. That's what I was kind of saying before. You're so grounded. Tauruses are the most stubborn sign. Like you guys are. Yes. Headstrong. Oh my God. Any Taurus in my life, if they're mad about something, it will. They will hold a grudge. It will take years yeah. to forgive. Um, I hate to but admit it's that. but it's like out of loyalty, even yeah. loyalty to yourself. But like Tauruses are so loyal to loved ones. I just love Taurus energy. And then your Gemini Moon Libra rising is double air. So it's amazing that you have this double air with the Earth because the Earth can draw you back down to that groundedness where I'm double air with water. And so I just kind of float off to space and then the water is emotional and then there's like nothing tethering back down. So I would kill for a little more earth in my chart, but it's the lessons that we came here to learn in this lifetime. Your Gemini moon. So that's your emotions. That's the way that you process things. That's like relationships. That's your inner world. Gemini moon is air. There's a lot of duality with Gemini. It's like, I'm sure you've heard with Geminis, there's the dualness, but there's also this extreme sociability, like this loving energy that comes from Geminis and also very expressive. So Geminis, people with a Gemini moon, so talkative in like relationships, like want to talk it out. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder what your husband is. You probably don't know his moon sign. I don't, Um, but he's not the talkative one. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're a Gemini moon, talkative, talkative, but especially when it comes to your internal world, which also makes sense with everything that you've been posting lately. It's just in line with who your soul is. And then Libra rising. The reason that I got excited is because I'm a Libra and I just like love Libra placements in people's charts because Libra is harmony. That's how people see you in the world. And wow. I totally see you that way. And then you're a manifester in yes. human design. Yes, I so am. So that just goes great with everything else here. Oh, amazing. I love it. I we can like also got a full reading. Yes. We can also do a deep dive in your chart. You're a Sagittarius North Node. North Node is your karmic path in this life. Oh, and wow. then the opposite of it is your South Node, which means like what you were born feeling. And if you believe in past lives, past life, you would have been a Gemini because that's the opposite of Sagittarius. So right. kind of like moving away from that, like airy, communicative, oversharing in the world kind of Gemini duality into this super independent Sagittarius, which is all about adventure, doing it your way, loyalty again. I love Sagittarius. That is so cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, I find, especially for human design, I think that was my envoy into this like spiritual world. And it just opened my brain to like self-acceptance. Yes. Just having that permission slip, basically, to yes, be yourself. that's exactly what it is. And it's my favorite thing. That's amazing. Who are your mentors? Oh, my gosh. Who are my mentors? Okay. I think my primary mentor in career and honestly has become more so in life is obviously Sarah, mm-hmm. who was the founder of Covet. She's done so much more for me than just career-wise. I think finding a boss who she was my boss at the time now she's one of my closest friends I consider her more family than anything but finding a boss that like sees your potential and your opportunity and then just wants to give you the space and the resources 
to capitalize on that and grow that is so rare and so valuable when you think about like, again, growing very quickly in your career and also having the flexibility and the confidence to move into other career paths. Mm -hmm. So her, 100%. And then I know that this is kind of odd, but a little bit of my husband. When I first met my husband, I thought there was something wrong with him. He didn't communicate the way that I communicated. So it shocked me. I was like, you're talking to people wrong. You're doing it wrong. How <laughs> are you going to get anywhere in to life? my husband. Yes. <laughs> okay. So yeah. funny. It's like, you're never going to get anywhere in life. Yeah. And then fast forward, like maybe two years. And it just sort of like clicked for me. I realized that he moved in the world in a way that I'd never tried and probably would never have done if it wasn't for him. So... I think having just a visual of the opposite and that successful path has been super helpful for me too. Yeah, yeah. that's such a good point. I love that. I'm going to take that with me because same, like my husband, we communicate so differently and all the time I'm like, I mean, this is mean, but I'm like, you don't know how to communicate. Yeah. You need to like speak differently to people. But for him, it works and yeah. everybody loves him and it's fine. It is good to have like your opposite around. I love that. If you could be in a room with three people living or dead, who would they be? Oh my goodness. Wow. Three people is so difficult. I know. Do they have to be real? No. Okay. They can be anyone. They can be anyone. Fictional, um, anything. Wow. I didn't actually prepare for this. So this is a little bit mm -hmm. off the cusp. I think the first one would be Wow. Mandana Diani, probably. She's actually living. Thank uh -huh. goodness. I think she is such an incredible voice in the activist realm. I wouldn't paint myself as an activist or consider myself as such, but having the confidence to stand up for what you believe in time and time again, and so aggressively and tenaciously in the best way, I think is so interesting. So probably somebody like Mandana separately this is so silly, but it was the first name that came to mind. So I have to say it. I have to say Harry Potter. I knew you were going to say it. Wait, I just felt it all of a sudden. I love that. It is so weird. I know. It's but not. There's, there's just something so like endearing to me about that blind bravery and yes. confidence and friendship. And just like there's a there's like a white light around him in my mm -hmm. mind. That's like that's the prolific protagonist you know totally and then the third oh my goodness I think I'd probably choose somebody who wow I might have to come back to you on the third because I actually have no idea yeah it's a hard one is that okay that is yeah so of course there's so many I feel like I if know. I just choose one it's too defining I know I very Taurus of you again you <laughs> remind me of my best friend who's a Taurus because right. I really enjoy, I like when people think about their answer. Like you could say three people no matter what, but like you're very thoughtful about all your responses. So let, let's leave it at two. Well, those were really good now, too. But maybe I'll give you a couple for show notes. Yes, yes, please do. If you could give everyone one tip to live a soul on fire life, what would it be? Follow your passions and your gut. I think don't listen to people when they tell you what your life should look like or how it should feel or what you should be doing. That's the best advice, honestly, that my therapist has given mm -hmm. me is just like advice. kill the shoulds and focus on what feels good in your gut mm -hmm. for you. Love it. And where can everyone find you? 
on Instagram. I'm at Kira McKenzie. On TikTok, I'm at Kira McKenzie. It just ends with a Z. And the same with Twitter, X, or what have you. Mm-hmm. But I'm Amazing. Okay, this was incredible. I could talk to you forever. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much so fun. special. Thank yeah. you. I learned so much. Same. Oh my God. So empowering. Like a full reading. Thank yeah. you. We're going to have to do part two of yeah. this. I, I will give you a deep dive reading. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Come say hi on Instagram at The Balance Blonde and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.